if 2020 was about process, 2021 is all about people. View myself as only being successful if the individuals on my team are successful. It's all about finding ways to unlock everyone's best by going above and beyond and making them feel supported. Welcome to Presales Heroes by Vivint. Today's topic is resolutions for presales leaders in 2021. Our guest, Chris Brown, Director of Solutions Consulting at Dynamic Signal, will share some compelling best practices to help presales leaders build happy, strategic, and effective teams. I'm Perry Bronson, your host today, and I'm newer to Vivint, joining as the first product marketer and presales evangelist. And I'm joined here today by Chris Brown who's a director of solutions consulting at Dynamic Signal, actually a place I used to work. Chris has over 15 years of experience in pre-sales. I'd love to hear where you're hailing from today, Chris. Yeah, nice to talk today, Perry. Uh, So I'm based out of Austin, Texas. Uh, So great uh, central point in the middle of the country with the booming tech scene and um, great place to be in the winter, uh, 70 degrees today. So got to enjoy a little bit of patio time in between meetings. Nice. Yeah, we've got some sunshine, but it's been much colder than 70 degrees here. (laughs) Well, glad you're getting off to a happy new sunny new year. We always start these podcast episodes with your pre-sales origin story. So I'd love to hear um, how you got your start. Yeah. So I would imagine like a lot of people, I kind of stumbled into into the role. I've worn a lot of different sales hats in my career, starting out as an SDR and then moving into an AE outside sales role. And about 15 years ago, uh, the company I was at was acquired. And I was uh, asked at that point by the acquiring company whether I wanted to continue on in a sales role or become part of a newly formed uh, sales engineering team. And for me, it sounded kind of interesting in the sense that I got to do all the fun parts about uh, the job, the, the demos, the customer meetings, really getting technical with the product without any of the the headaches, including cold calling and carrying a quota. So I said, sure, sign me up. I'll give it a shot. 15 years later, I've really enjoyed it thoroughly. 10 years as an individual contributor and the last five as a leader of several different teams. And it's uh, been quite the journey and uh, certainly one that uh, I'm excited to continue having. That's so cool that you've had so much experience on the go-to-market side. I haven't really met too many SE leaders that actually had spent time um, in as an SDR, although I did meet one recently. And it seems like a really great background because you have all of this experience talking to folks in the market and really putting yourself out there and all those soft skills that are way harder to, to build coming in fresh. Yeah, precisely. I think it's also given me a lot of empathy for you know the AE role and kind of what they face on a day-to-day basis, having been in that uh, role myself and had to carry a bag. I definitely appreciate their point of view and that really informs a lot of what I bring to the table and how my teams operate and how I've operated as an individual contributor over the years. So I think that's definitely helped contribute to my success. Yeah. So I guess more more recently, what has 2020 looked like for you? I mean, it's, it's been a pretty dramatic and wild year for, for the world. Yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely been uh, quite the ride. And you know, if I were to have guessed what 2020 would have looked like when the year started, I think it Obviously, he was a lot different. Um, I started the year thinking I was going to be living out of a suitcase, uh, bouncing back and forth between Austin and San Francisco, where Dynamic Signal is based, and then out on the road with my team supporting deals. And for the first two months, that certainly uh, you know panned out. I, I had the opportunity to 
travel a ton, including uh, over to London to our company's office over there. And obviously, that all stopped in early March and you know really caused a big pivot. But looking back, I think that also gave me a lot more capacity and ability to get more done in terms of what I wanted to accomplish because I wasn't spending so much time on planes and in cabs and trying to you know get stuff done in between meetings. So from that perspective, the year in retrospect has been a, a really good one in terms of you know how I've helped the team develop and you know how far we've gotten. So kind of a mixed bag, but at the same time, uh, you know, looking at the positives, I, I think we accomplished a lot. That's awesome. So was 2020, was that the year that you actually joined Dynamic Signal or? It was actually very late 2019. So I, I joined at the beginning of November and you know, coming in, I, I realized it was somewhat of a, a, a rebuild situation where, you know, I was being asked to kind of rebuild uh, the, the function and kind of take what had been being done and, and kind of build on top of that. So, you know, really spent the first month or two spending a lot of time back at our headquarters, you know, getting to know people from different teams, getting to kind of know all the individuals who were on the team prior to me joining and figuring out how they were operating, what they were doing, and really just being there as a value-add resource, helping add value along the edges without trying to come in and make massive change right off the bat. Because I, I you know, recognize as someone myself who's had you know, new bosses over time, no one wants to... You know, There's always that sense of apprehension when you, you have a new manager, you know, how much are they going to come in and change things? And so I wanted to be really sensitive to that early on and really just understand how things were operating and take the best of what uh, we were doing and then build on top of that for the new year. And that was really kind of what kicked off 2020 for me. Well, it sounds like it paid off. You come highly, highly recommended. As I mentioned, I, I used to work at Dynamic Signal, still have some friends there. And they have nothing but just the best things to say about you as as a pre-sales leader, as a strategic manager, as a friend. So kudos to you. And I'm just curious to hear what it's like actually joining a new organization as a, a new pre-sales manager. You know, obviously you've been there for your team and did a really mm-hmm. great job of putting the boots on the ground. And what kind of expectations were you facing from from a leadership perspective when you joined? Yeah, that's that's a great question. You know, I, I think there were a couple of different things. I think the first thing was to quickly rebuild the team. And I was fortunate to have had, uh, you know, several um, former SCs who I'd worked with in a previous role who were willing to take the journey with me. Um, so I think that was kind of step number one that really, you know, helped in, uh, in you know, bringing a kind of a, a fully formed team back into play. I think, two, it was figuring out how do we kind of transform the team to really be 100% pre-sales focused and, and be a great collaborator and uh, partner across all the different uh, groups within the organization, everything from product marketing through professional services. So spent a lot of time early on, not only you know really digging into the SC team's operations, but also getting to know leaders of other teams as well. And really understanding, you know, what they were doing, what their pain was, and how we could be, you know, a solution within, uh, you know, how they operated. And I think that helped build that foundation, not only, you know, within my own team, but across teams as well, which has been really helpful in getting things done uh, in 2020. Yeah, I love that perspective. And you know, that's actually how I got into product marketing was a lot of the collaboration I did as an SE at Dynamic Signal, actually. So I think it's it's really exemplary way to to run the SE org is to be 
sort of in the eye of the storm, not just for individual deals, but also how the organization is running. Super strategic. You guys have have the most valuable insights, know the technology, also know the market, know the audience. Makes a ton of sense. And I, I bet CS really appreciates that too, that you're not just kind of throwing things over the fence and saying, well, we got the tech when we closed the deal, like go have fun with it. Exactly. Yeah, we we spent a lot of time this year kind of refining our process around how we're making those handoffs from our team to PS and then over to CS. Um, so that's been something we've um, operationalized further in terms of the data we're capturing from a pre-sales perspective and how that uh, gets conveyed over to uh, post-sales once we've uh, you know closed the deal. Um, so that's something obviously an ongoing process, but I think one that we've made big strides on throughout the year. That's awesome. Um, so, like, what are some of the specific things that you did to create a foundation as as a new pre-sales leader in your current role? Yeah, great question. So, a um, couple of different things we focused on early on. Um, uh, I was able to uh, bring Vivin into uh, the equation uh, in January, which was a big win for me. I had first been exposed to Vivin uh, summer of 2019 at a leadership workshop I attended, and you know, it struck me as as a really great way to get your arms around uh, you know team operations, everything from team activity and deliverables to you know capturing product gaps on uh, opportunities. I realize this sounds like a little bit of a plug, but um, that was my thesis going into uh, into the year, and was fortunate to have you know gotten budget approval from our, our CRO at the time to to bring Vivin in, and I, I think that was really critical for me from an operational standpoint, understanding. Where were we spending our time on deals? Uh, what stages? How were we being engaged? What was the level of effort? What activities were driving the right outcomes versus which weren't? Along with how were we being utilized and what was our overall capacity? And that, that helped in many ways as the year went on. So that was kind of the first step. Second step was kind of streamlining some kind of uh, you know cross-team workflow operations, uh, mostly around. Uh, you know, working with professional services around scoping and getting statements of work out the door. So that's also an ongoing journey, but one that we've made a lot of improvements over the year in terms of automating certain parts of the process. Uh, and then I would say, finally, you know, really spent a lot of time, you know, in the weeds with my team on individual deals, just, you know, really living their life and understanding what's working, what isn't, and, you know, getting super tactical um, you know, jumped in very early on, assisting on, you know, things like RFPs and InfoSec reviews, uh, activities that are critical to the deal, but at the same time, weren't the highest value activities relative to, you know, preparing for a big uh, presentation. And so by doing that, it helped me understand, all right, where are there gaps in the current process? You know, do we need better content in our RFP database? Uh, do we need, need more support from, uh, our security team to help turn things around quicker. You know, all of that kind of hands-on experience, I think, really helped as uh, the year went on and improving, um, you know, how we operate. That's great advice for, for any new pre-sales leaders out there starting starting in new roles this year. I think those all sound like great, great steps to take. Um, obviously, awesome that you're getting your metrics through Vivin and, and improving some of the workflows that way. But I think just in general, having that attention to being data-driven and and process-driven and trying to automate out the stuff that you don't need to be spending on time on. Very, very 
Very, very relevant. And I think, you know, you mentioned before, it's like building the foundation of your house. So it sounds like you've got a really strong earthquake proof for San Francisco, (laughs) solid foundation. Yep. Um, I'm all about repeatability. I mean, I think one of the things my team hears often from me is, you know, hey, that looks great. Is there, you know, let's create a template off of that so that we can drive repeatability around it so that we're not reinventing the wheel every time and creating more efficiency in everything we do. Um, so that was that was definitely a big focus for the last year was making us more efficient in how we operate. So now now that you've got that foundational layer down, uh, what's next for 2021? It's it's a new year. Great question. Um, I think for me this year, if, if 2020 was about process, 2021 is all about people. Uh, not that 2020 wasn't. I, I spent a ton of time, you know, with the individuals on my team and one-on-ones and you know, supporting them on deals, really doing anything, you know, it takes to help them be successful. But I'm kind of, I'm doubling down on that in 2021 from a, a variety of uh, layers. Uh, you know, first from a training and enablement standpoint, you know, I have several things in the works, um, bringing in great demo group with Peter Cohen in uh, Q1 to help or roll out a new demo methodology. We've done a little ad hoc in 2020. Uh, I've gone through the course previously, but want to put the full uh, team through the training in 2021. Uh, so that's one big pillar. And then separately, uh, going to be putting in place, you know, what I'm kind of tentatively calling development day, where uh, we'll have either quarterly or bi-quarterly multi-hour meetings where we bring in stakeholders from other groups, you know, product, product marketing customer success to get exposed to you know everything they're working on uh, and then the second part of the meeting really focusing around how do we take all that information and then go operationalize and execute on it within our deals uh, and then finally we're in the process of evaluating and rolling out call intelligence software uh, which will give me kind of an additional layer of uh, coaching at scale so um, you know can't be everywhere all the time so rather than trying to just spot coach on the fly for meetings I attend, having uh, the ability to take recorded calls and meetings and uh, provide more scalable uh, feedback and coaching to team members, along with creating a great you know, best practices library of everything from objection handling uh, examples to how we competitively position, um, you know, all that kind of comes with the, uh, comes with the uh, territory as well. So, so those are some of the kind of um, key things I'm focused on uh, for 2021, obviously a lot more than that, but those are some of the highlights. Sounds like some really great benefits for your team. Absolutely. And I, I just love that commitment to investing in your people. Yeah. Just curious, what are some other ways that managers can demonstrate the same kind of commitment that you have? Yeah. I mean, to me, one of the the big ones, you know, is I, I kind of like to think of it as be your team's concierge, right? I, I basically view myself as only being successful if the individuals on my team are successful. So, you know, for me, it's all about finding ways to unlock everyone's best by going above and beyond and making them feel supported. Sometimes that might be you know, spending, you know, the one-on-one we have scheduled to, you know, just talk about personal things. Other times it might be more philosophical talking about five or 10 year career goals. Other times it might be super tactical and, uh, you know, talking about individual deals they're working on, but, you know, really, you know, the, the time I spend with individuals on the team, I always want it to be about them. Uh, and I think that, you know, ultimately, uh, helps them feel not only supported, but listened to and creates an environment where everyone feels that they can be their best. The other thing I would say is I'm also a big fan of uh, promoting from within. Um, you know, I would 
much rather when given the choice, uh, develop and promote people within my team to next levels of leadership. And as the team continues to scale this year, I've begun working with senior members on the team to develop and move them towards uh, that next layer of uh, leadership and management as the team continues to grow. So that's another part of this year's journey is working with those folks to get them to that point You know, when the, uh, the growth kind of meets the demand. I think especially coming in as like a newer leader and your, some of your team has been there longer than you. It's just so, so encouraging for them and to keep them engaged. And obviously paying off, like you guys are doing really well, continue to grow the team this year. Yeah. Aside from your commitment to to people, what's your secret to to hiring and retaining efficiently? Yeah. So, I mean, from a hiring standpoint, I'm I'm always in recruiting mode and and building my bench. Uh, It's actually one of my favorite parts of the the role. So whether it's networking through the pre-sales collective or getting connected to other pre-sales individuals that are part of my uh, broader network and even just having, you know, informational meetings. That's something I'm constantly doing. Uh, it actually paid dividends uh, for uh, a boomerang on my team, someone who I was actually connected with two years ago uh, when he first started his pre-sales journey. I was connected by a, a mutual contact to have an initial conversation and really enjoyed it. And um, when I was looking at Dynamic Signal, I actually reached out to him and he told me he was in the process of leaving the company, but gave me a lot of great insight that was helpful in me understanding kind of what I was walking into. But we agreed to keep in touch. And a couple months later, I found myself in uh, in Chicago for, for a, a company, a holiday party, actually. And we ended up getting breakfast. And during that breakfast, he uh, kind of expressed some uh, interest in returning. And, and I basically told him like, Hey, the door is always open. You, you call and tell me to pull the trigger and I'll, I'll move, uh, you know, mountains to, to help make that happen. And sure enough, about a month later, uh, he gave me a call and said, let's make it happen. And, uh, kind of set off an interesting couple of weeks trying to move budget around, but, uh, we made it happen. And, uh, you know, haven't looked back. He's been an amazing re-addition to the team and provided so much value. And is actually one of the, uh, the individuals that, uh, that I'm uh, looking to promote this year. So that was, uh, I think, one of my highlights as far as always being in recruiting mode. That's so cool. So I didn't realize that you actually knew this person and this colleague before you worked at Dynamic Signal. And then they I didn't realize that you actually were able to bring them back kind of on that personal level. That makes a ton of sense. And congratulations on winning a good employee back. That's, yeah. that's so valuable. Now, when it got announced at our weekly sales team meeting, uh, the whole room uh, erupted in uh, in cheers. So that was that was a nice little early win for me, since I was you know still only uh, you know two and a half months into the role myself. Um, so definitely uh, was a good uh, a, a good thing to be focused on. You know, from a retention standpoint, you know beyond everything I, I walk through in terms of supporting the team on a, a daily basis, I, you know, I, I really encourage people to just, you know, ask for what they need, right? And, you know, that, that can be any number of things, whether it's, you know, hey, I, I just need more, some time off, I'm burned out. Uh, and I try to set a good example there to, you know, more specifics around, hey, you know, I, I, I feel like I've been overperforming based on your feedback. And, and I feel like, you know, I, you know, either, you know, need a raise or, or, you know, want to be in line for a promotion. Um, you know, to me, encouraging people to, you know, ask for what they need and then not creating any kind of negative feedback 
loop for when they do and, you know, making them, you know, feel kind of supported in that regard. That's been really helpful as well. I'm always, you know, very clear that around setting expectations, sometimes things don't always come out timing wise, exactly what people hope for, but by clearly communicating uh, throughout the process, I've found that, you know, ultimately there there's good positive outcomes that occur. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, when you when you hire the right people, like in your example with the, the boomerang story, you don't that you don't even have to train necessarily, probably sets you up really well for retention along with all the investment you have in your people. It's really awesome. Uh, well, Chris, what about any other New Year's resolutions? Uh, it's it's all about your team, which I love, but maybe more on a personal level. Yeah. So you know, I think for me, when I'm thinking about you know what am I uh, what am I doing this year. You know, my big theme is investing in myself. Um, you know, at a super personal level, you know, I'm, I'm learning Italian and, uh, you know, really focused on, uh, you know, being mindful and then applying that, uh, you know, to the uh, the professional environment. Uh, you know, some of the things I'm doing from a mindfulness standpoint is, uh, you know, blocking off uh, more time on my calendar for focus time. I, I think I've been very much in hyper responsive reactive mode throughout the year, as I would imagine a lot of people are, um, but spending, finding more of those uh, blocks of time or phantom meetings, as I like to call them, you know, I started doing that in December and it's already paid dividends. Um, even just, you know, even more tactically, just closing out things like Gmail. So I'm not being pinged with, uh, you know, email, personal emails or, or texts or whatnot. That's helped create some more focused time as well. Uh, and then finally, I, I think, you know, finding ways to, um, you know, how, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time uh, fishing with my team over the past year, but um, taking a step back from some of that um, so that I do have more focused team, fo- focus time to uh, focus on some of the larger strategic initiatives. I, I think that'll really set us up for success this year as well. I mean, it's a lot easier said than done with the, the distractions. I know I <laughs> uh, closing out tabs, definitely helpful. I actually, I have a book on my desk that I'm waiting to read this year. I've, it's called Indistractable by Nir. Oh, yeah, it's a great book. Um, I mean, I've, I've read parts of it, but, um, you know, it, he also goes into, you know, the personal effects on our lives, like being distracted and how it detracts from our families and such, but also like company culture and how if you can actually fix this distraction and, and reduce the amount of real-time responses that are expected, that's actually really positive for the, the whole company. So it'll be cool to see if you can rub that off on others too. Yeah, I think I'm going to check that book out. Good uh, tip. I'm always looking for... Uh good books to read. And, uh, that definitely sounds like one I could, uh, apply here. Yeah, he's great. His first book was all about how to, how to actually distract people. It was like how to game the system and, and use to techniques from Google and Facebook to make your product more sticky, more kind of habit forming. And then his second book is like, okay, for the users, how to turn that off sometimes because it's too much. Interesting, but, uh, interesting guy. And then I have to ask, are you using any certain apps for your language learning? I think it's so cool you're learning Italian. Yeah, my uh, my wife and I are actually doing it uh, at the same time together. We're using a, a course called uh, Pimsleur, which is uh, very much about conversational uh, versus um, kind of, you know, written learning of language. And it's actually been really helpful and, and fun, too. They, they even have a little uh, kind of ongoing uh, storyline associated with each lesson, which kind of helps add a little bit of fun to it. Um, so that's uh, that's something that's been really cool this year. 
Great. Yeah, I know Pimsleur, powerful tool. So is this in preparation for a trip to Italy? Uh, it is actually um, went several times in 2019, fortunately, before pandemic hit. And uh, we tentatively have another trip on the books for uh, for this uh, November. We'll see if it happens. But uh, that's, you know, giving us a little uh, extra incentive to, to stay focused on it. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful um, country. Oh, can't wait to get back. So Chris, uh, considering what a wild and difficult year we've all closed out this year, it seems like it was a very productive one for you and your team at Dynamic Signal. And you've got even bigger objectives for making your pre-sales org even more powerful and more strategic in 2021. Chris, thank you so much for stopping by. Best of luck learning Italian and closing out those tabs, minimizing some of the distractions and um, getting your team even more ramped up and, and promoted than they are today. Yeah. Thanks, Perry. Thanks for having me. It's uh, been a real pleasure talking to you and uh, hope you all have a great year as well. And uh, looking forward to continue to uh, partner together.